Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You'll find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava, and today is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. It has been a busy day for me. Not a lot going on outside of kind of what I was doing, just trying to figure out new products and stuff like that. Um, but let's just get right into it. We can talk a little bit. There were a couple very, very small, not profitable releases today. One kind of profitable release, and then much past that, just kind of run-of-the-mill Thursday. So let's get right into it. We had two releases this morning. Actually, we had two. And there was the first one was the Nike Air Max 1 release that I had talked about at the beginning of the week. It was all right. There wasn't anything crazy special about it. It was just a clean Air Max 1, good colorway, not a lot of profit. So I ended up passing on that. And there was also a Stussy Nike release today, same time on the Sneakers app, and they were releasing the Air Force Ones. Now, what I didn't look at is the rest of the apparel, just because apparel doesn't typically do very well. Like most of the time, it's just like kind of so-so. It doesn't really sell that well. And I usually just skip over it because unless it's something crazy like a Drake, Nocta uh, kind of collab or something like that, I'm really not going to look at it. And so it was just a Stussy collab. They did some pants, I think. There was a hoodie, a beanie, and I think there was a t-shirt. There may not have been pants. I'm not really sure. But I did for whatever reason, glanced down at the t-shirts and saw that retail was about 40 bucks, check stock X and resale was around a hundred to 130. So that's easy money, very, very profitable. And I entered last second and it didn't work out and I ended up missing. I think that the delay ended up being released though, a considerable amount of time. I was seeing people say, Hey, when sneakers going to drop, when is it going to drop? I think around sometime around 1026, 1028, sometime in that time frame. They ended up dropping the shoes and the Stussy collab today. So a bit of a weird drop. That's not normal. They usually don't miss the time. So I don't know what was going on on their end. But something obviously happened that gave them reasoning to want to delay the drop. So whatever that happened. And it was a, a late drop. And that's very, very un, unexpected. Very, very out of the ordinary. And if you were able to hit, you did well. You probably made some money, especially on that t-shirt. The Air Max and the Air Force ones that came out weren't super profitable, so I don't. I'm hopefully you didn't hit those unless you had a way to move those. And for shoes like that, if you have local buyers or people that want to buy that from you, like outright, you can typically make some money on those. Maybe you charge them a small fee, especially if you have like some friends at school that want the shoes but they don't know how to get them. Then you can maybe run a few sneakers accounts, hit a pair, charge them like a $10, $15 fee, and, and be able to make some money like that. So that's kind of the way you would make money on those. I don't do that, so I didn't really make any money on those today and kind of bypass the release for the most part except for that t-shirt. So that was all we had today. Much past that, I didn't see a whole lot going on. I've been kind of in like, I don't know, like dark mode just with like what I've been doing, uh, kind of like stealth mode, I guess you would say because I've turned off everything. Like I have my notifications off. I have my notifications off on my computer. I have Discord off for the most part and I've been popping into there a little bit just to do some research if I need to. Past that, I'm not, I'm like off Discord, off my phone. I'm really focused on learning Amazon. It's like, it's my goal for this year and it's my goal for the summer to come out of summer being one of the most knowledgeable people I can find on Amazon, which is gonna be really tough because there's so much to know out there, right? I mean, Amazon is a very, very complex, multifaceted platform, and there is endless amounts of information to know. You can sell on there like crazy and still not know everything. 
but I want to be very knowledgeable in it. I want to be very well-rounded in what I can sell from a replenishables and just from an FBA standpoint. I think that I understand FBM enough to be able to be dangerous, but it's not really sustainable unless I want to have a product that's like dangerous goods or something that I can ship via FBM. And there are products that are only able to be shipped from your house and not from Amazon because they will not accept the products to be shipped into their warehouses for obvious reasons, right? If you have a combustible, you don't want to ship that into a warehouse, it catches on fire and the whole place burned down. That's a ton of money, ton of liability, and Amazon would obviously lose a warehouse on top of all that. And on top of putting lives in danger though amazon i'm not entirely sure where things stack up for them in terms of priority so you know it's just one of those things where that would be a huge liability for them to have some sort of combustible or explosives in their warehouse so they don't accept that kind of stuff to be shipped in via fba so if you're shipping for some reason charcoal or something like that like something that can catch on fire or some sort of pressurized container you may have to send that yourself. You may want to double check and make sure that you're even allowed to send it because there are things that are pressurized. Like, I don't believe you're allowed to ship a fire extinguisher. I don't know if that's true, but definitely, I, I don't think that that's, I don't think you're allowed to do that. And there are certain pressurized things that are actually illegal to ship. And so you want to make sure you're not doing anything that's like federally illegal because you could get in a lot of trouble for that. So keep that kind of stuff in mind. And that's just something like that I'm, I'm learning day by day as I go. I've been trying to crush just learning as much as I can whenever I get a second and there are times where I'm doing Amazon and I'm learning and I'm going through sourcing and today was all right. I sourced for probably about four hours, five hours total online between all of it and that doesn't sound like a lot but when you're literally just combing for products between Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Lowe's and you're going on to Amazon, like it's not that fun. So you need to either take a couple breaks to kind of clear your head a little bit or do something else and so total combined, it may have been like five or six hours, honestly, and I was just going through looking for products, found a few, didn't find a crazy amount. What I've been hearing from a lot of people is they go into stores, they'll either look for products in there, they'll scan products in there, or they'll take photos of products and they'll go home and look them up and stuff like that. So I'm going to probably do that either tomorrow or the next day. I'm thinking probably Saturday, but tomorrow we'll kind of see what I want to do tomorrow with different things. There's tons of stores. The problem for me is like I don't have a Walmart or a Target nearby which kind of sucks i'm gonna probably have to drive 30 40 minutes out of the way just to do it but it is worth it if i kind of have everything ready to go for that so i may just go in there i may start looking up some products i may take some photos of a bunch of racks and go home and look up products and do that that sort of a thing and probably find better research better products doing research that way than anything else so that's what i'll be doing it's kind of a, a grind though and i did find some stuff that can flip but then after that, I kind of got plugged into one of the Facebook groups that I found, and I started just looking into some some videos that they had on there. I think it was like replens 100, 0 to 100K is kind of what I've been looking at, and I think it's a paid group. I pay probably like 10 bucks a month to be in it, but the knowledge in there is probably well worth it for me. I think that even if I was in there only for a few months, I'd get a lot of knowledge out of it. There's a lot of helpful people in there, so I've been kind of plugging away through there, they have a bunch of videos in there of just different like seminar type of things where they've had videos talking about different ways of using Keepa and different ways of doing, uh, they, I just watched a video of how the one guy organized his entire like workspace for shipping into Amazon. Fascinating, like how some people have systematized a replenishables business, but have also systematized just their Amazon shipping procedures. And I mean, this guy had it down to a T. I mean, he was doing crazy stuff. He had three or four tables set up in his living room and 
to a lot of us that probably doesn't sound ideal you probably should get like an outside warehouse or something like that to eventually move to that but they're making it work for their family and so he had it all set up in his living room he had all kinds of like he had pegboards in the back with all of his things that he needed like all the tools the tape all that kind of stuff he had standard operating procedures for every single product that he shipped out so he basically showed here's the type of labels that go on this here's the type of box it uses the size of the box everything he just had a template there and whenever he needed to do a new product he just put the product picture on that template check off the boxes it needed and then move on and he had like a binder of all of the products that he's ever shipped out and everything just super systematized and to me i like that i I really do sometimes it feels like a like a pain to want to systematize everything but i i kind of live for that once i kind of get in that mode of just trying to break things down organize it and systematize it i really do kind of find my groove in that setting because it's like the same thing when i make an Airtable base or an excel spreadsheet I don't necessarily think of it in a fond way before I go do it, but then once I kind of get in the groove, I find my space and I'm like, okay, this is this is something that I could do for like hours and kind of get lost in it a little bit. And it's just weird. I don't know if it's that organization. I don't know if it's that wanting to make things work as efficiently as possible side of me that kind of pushed me towards engineering a little bit or whether it was just me just for some reason being a huge nerd and liking Excel. I don't know what it is, but like stuff like that kind of intrigues me and gets me gets like my creative juices flowing a little bit where I can just sit there and go like for most people being creative would be like going and painting for me it would actually be sitting down looking at like a layout of how I'm going to organize like the shipping area in my garage and then going through and picking what sorts of things I need especially if there's like not a huge budget or especially if there's not a huge budget constraint that would be something where I could say okay I'm going to spend x amount of dollars on this and let's just make it like the best workspace possible. And so that would be something where I would actually enjoy going, picking out some stuff, putting it together. I'd probably have my dad help me because he's like very, very good at handiwork. I'm not. And so I would put that together and, and that would be like something that I, I enjoy. I do enjoy putting together systems and spaces like that. But the initial thought of it's just like, man, that's going to be a lot. And that is business, right? That is, it, there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of time and effort put in. And for me, sometimes I feel like that's a lot of time and a lot of effort to not have a huge yield profit-wise, right? You don't see that on the books sometimes. But what you do see is satisfaction in daily work, which is huge because that'll help you to be more productive. And the second thing is just like speed. Like speed matters when you're doing these sorts of things. If you have systematized processes where you can speedily pack up a box and you just reach, grab, poly bag, slap a label on, keep it moving type of thing, and if you're doing replens, the good thing is you can print out as many FN SKUs as you want. So let's say you have a product that you just sell constantly and you're sending it in. That's a product that you can keep just an un, like an inordinate amount of labels, a crazy amount of labels for where you're just reaching up, grabbing a stack of these labels, throwing the FN SKUs on the product and keeping it moving where you don't need to go through on Amazon and like print it out every single time. You, those FN SKUs stay the same for each seller throughout the life of the product I believe so you can reach up grab a huge stack of them and just start slapping them onto products and then do your shipments after and all that kind of stuff so there's like more ways of systematizing it than you would initially think and these people had really built a good system for themselves it was a family doing it they were crushing it I think they were doing over 20k in sales a month and what they had was probably a better setup than I would think a lot of sellers have it 40 50 100k a month i mean people like people that build good systems build good businesses a lot of the time that's not always the case but a lot of the time i I will say good businesses typically have good systems right that's just the way it needs to work 
And so when you can systematize things like that and build out a process, have a, a very good layout, a clean, easy, like ergonomic layout. Don't forget like ergonomics in, in shipping boxes is huge. You don't want to be bending over or standing up, picking stuff up, putting it down. It's going to hurt your back. I don't care who you are. It's going to hurt your back, especially if you're trying to maximize box weight and stuff like that, where you're shipping in 30, 40, 50 pound boxes to Amazon. You want to make sure that you're not just putting unnecessary strain on your back. You also want to make sure that your table's not super low. I was listening to them talk about the one lady said she uses like those bed risers you put on a college dorm room bed to lift it up a little bit to get more space to store stuff under the bed. She put those on her table and lifted the table. Now, I don't know if I'd necessarily do that because they're not very sturdy. So like <laughs> be careful. But getting a table that's the right height is huge for shipping boxes. My back was hurting, just bending over the entire time. Sometimes you're down there for an hour, two hours shipping you don't want to just be like bent in this unnatural position because it's going to put strain on your back that you don't need and you have a bad back. It's just a whole mess. So like thinking these things through, that kind of stuff's very important. And and maybe that's kind of the, the thought process for today. If you're going to be building a business, think about it in terms of systems. And I do both. I, I sometimes now I'm trying to kind of work my way into just running into something a little bit to get started. And once I kind of have some momentum, then going back and, and lo looking at the systems of it, because I know that if I sit there all day and I try and plan out systems for a business, I'll get lost in the sauce trying to do systems and trying to make sure that I have everything optimized and I'll never get any real work done of getting started in the business. Right. So like I would, if I, if I sat there and figured out what's the best way I should make an Amazon shipment, what's the best way to to organize my garage and get everything ready to ship out. Like I would have spent two weeks, three weeks down there and still had an FBA shipment in. Now I have an FBA shipment in, don't have the garage organized the way it needs to be, but that's fine. It took me a lot longer to make that first shipment, but who cares? While that shipment is on its way to Amazon and while the items are being organized, now I can think about that other stuff. Now I can think about, okay, what systems need to be optimized? And that's big because I never sent in an FBA shipment. How can you optimize a process you've never done? That's, that's like, that's that is the conundrum with a lot of businesses and a lot of engineers in particular is that they've never put together the product or never used the product they're designing and you may think well that's crazy how would that happen well look at me i went and worked at a plant that i never ran into any of the machines for and i was tasked with designing every machine if something went wrong i would have to figure out a fix for it and that's really suboptimal right if you want an engineer that's going to be a good plant engineer you would be it would be in your best interest to recruit that kid in college, have them go work as a factory worker, working their way through, almost like an apprenticeship type thing. So when they come into the, the field out of college, they have a very good understanding of the plant they'll be working in. They have a good job lined up and they're like one of the best engineers you could ever have because the best engineers use the product and understand how the product fits together and have used the product on the consumer side or the factory worker side. You could think of the people that ran the machines where I was at as kind of like the consumers of it in a way that they were the ones actually using the machine. So they understood it better than anybody. And I don't care if, it, if you pulled almost anybody, but maybe the original people who designed it and even them, the people that use it every day probably understood it to a degree they didn't. And so those sorts of things, when you think about how you want to create a system for a business, you don't want to start creating the systems before you've actually done any of the work because it's very difficult to create the right systems, right? You're going to optimize for things that aren't needing to be optimized for you're going to leave out important parts of the process that you didn't know you would encounter you're going to miss things because if i sat there and planned the great layout for how my garage would go and this is just a, an example maybe not a good one but if you sat and planned out here's how i want the tables to look here's where i want all these items to to ship out like yeah maybe i would have done a decent job because i've been shipping stuff for three years but if i hadn't been or 
if I hadn't done that FBA shipment, I really wouldn't have known what went into it. I wouldn't have known maybe, hey, I should put a printer here. Maybe I should get a couple printers. And one focuses on just box labels to send in for like UPS, USPS, and FedEx. And then one focuses solely on FN SKUs. And a lot of people have that. They have a Dymo for FN SKUs and they have a Rolo for their other stuff. Dymos, in my opinion, are crap, so I wouldn't use one. But I would probably just get another Rolo and probably get the wireless one because then I can print wirelessly and use it a lot better that way. But some people do that. Some people do Dymos. Some people still use, like, I think the guy tonight that I was watching, he had a brother printer for his, like, a laser printer for his regular labels that he sends out, like, to slap on boxes. And then his FN SKUs were done with a Dymo, which, like, that's a slower process in my opinion, but whatever. Like, some people have their own systems. It works really well for them. They know how to use it. It works really well, so who am I to criticize? But that's sort of a thing you can't do. And he said this in the video, which was a huge takeaway for me. He said, you can't jump all into this systematizing everything because you're going to run into things that don't work. You're going to have to change them all. And I didn't think about that, but that's true. And every time I've created systems for my business, I thought about that. There's iterations and I've iterated even simple things like bookkeeping and how I keep track of all the items I sell. There's ways that I've done that, that I've changed consistently over time, time and time again. I've put countless hours into it, right? And I now have a bookkeeping software that's pretty much bulletproof. I mean, I'll probably need to change it once I get into replens pretty heavily, but I won't need to change it nearly as much as I would have if I would have stuck with the original system I had because it's built to to scale is kind of the way that I built it out. I built it out to be able to handle Amazon and that's kind of what I'll be doing. So there's just different ways of, of selling things. There's different ways of getting things um, sold on eBay and Amazon and being able to have a bookkeeping system that I, I fully understood would have been able to scale with that. I wouldn't have ever been able to do three years ago. I may have been able to build it from a technical standpoint, but I would have never been able to understand how to build it from the uh, standpoint of actual using it and being applicable to my business. And so in the same way, you can't just go out there and build all these systems right off the gate. It's very daunting, but as time goes on, you kind of learn what you need to systematize, what things are taking too long, what sorts of things would be helpful. And then that guy, he had every everything written down for how you pack each and individ- each individual product that he sells And you may think, well, that's overkill, but it's not overkill. If you want to do 20, 30, 40, 50, 100K in sales per month on Amazon, you need to hire people. There's no way you're going to be able to do that yourself or you're going to kind of go crazy. Like there's just doing that as a one person show is doable. And I think that doing it as a one person show may be doable for like 50K. And that's insane to think about. You won't sleep. You won't have any free time. You won't have a life, but you could probably do it. It's just like you wouldn't you wouldn't do anything but Amazon. That would literally be you. You would be like Amazoning all the time. And so you need to hire people. And to be able to hire people and be able to get them to pack everything right, you need to have a system for each product. I mean, he had it so, so, so detailed to the fact where if you were like an employee, you could scan a QR code and he had a YouTube video for how to pack each one where they just took a video of them packing it whenever they were making the item and they threw it on YouTube as a private, like, sort of listing on there where the person could go and watch it and just crazy crazy detailed very optimized very smart just good ways of going about it I I admire that I really do because there's a lot of time and effort and thought that goes into that sort of stuff and what you get is a, a great product for the business owner in a way that the business is the product for the business owner and it's a great thing for him to use is kind of the way I think about it right you don't want to go to a business and if you're the owner or the person who's running it or the operator you don't want to go into it and it sucked to operate right that's no fun you don't enjoy it you want to quit you might as well go get a regular job because it sucks so bad trying to operate this business that's not optimized where if you have a good business that's running well it has good systems it's optimized 
it's fun to operate because at that point you can kind of look and say, hey, this isn't going right. How can I tweak this? How can I make this better? What can I add here? What can I take away? What sorts of things are, are nuances? What sorts of things are uh, fun? What sorts of things do I need to keep? What sorts of things do I need to get rid of? Those things are better to do than like, hey, we have an issue. Every time we ship in these eight products, they're completely ruined and now we're, we've lost you know, X amount of thousands of dollars, right? That, that's not something that's fun. So those sorts of things are eliminated a lot of the time with systems. And then you can kind of nitpick on the fun things and be able to really fine tune the business to be able to work better until you can kind of find a new opportunity or new things that would be able to be added into the business. So anyway, that's kind of my soapbox for the night. I'm going to be looking at systems a lot throughout the next year. And as long as I keep doing this podcast, I think we'll be talking about them a lot. So just wanted to clue you in as to what I've been thinking about, what I've been looking at and researching and, and learning a lot about. Other thing I learned a lot about today was Keepa. We don't need to get into that now. Let's just keep it at systems. And maybe tomorrow we'll touch a little bit more about Keepa and some of the functionality of it. So anyway, with that being said, I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Thursday. And I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.